Well, hello and welcome to the Faith Focus Weekly Podcast. I'm very excited for you to join us. And I have a special guest today. You'll see if you're watching on YouTube, I have Rick with me. And Rick is our Director of Operations here at Faith Covenant Church. So today I just wanted to sit down with Rick and talk about a few specific things. But also, I just think this is a really great opportunity for us to get to know Rick. So Rick, tell us a little about yourself. (laughs) Who are you? Tell us about your family. Um, Well, my wife and I are empty nesters. Mm-hmm. We have we have two grown sons. Uh, one lives in Chicago with our granddaughter mm-hmm. and uh, his wife, and my other one, David, um, lives here and watches the service online, but does attend in person on mm-hmm. occasion, and uh, is working his way back here. Awesome. Uh, as he gets through his COVID journey, mm-hmm. and. Uh, um, we're originally from Pennsylvania, and we were moved around a little bit on in the earlier part of my career, and then we wound up here in Minnesota, in, in Minnesota, mm-hmm. in Minneapolis, and then we were here for seven years, and decided we wanted our children to know their extended family. Mm. So we moved back to Pennsylvania. We were there for five years. My family hated it there, even though our families were there. So we ended up coming coming back out here because this was home to my children. Yeah. Minnesota's a great place. Yeah, it is a great place. <laughs> yeah. Where was the weirdest place that you lived? And maybe here. <laughs> no, no, not here. The weirdest place we lived was uh, Oklahoma. Mm, yeah. Um, we lived in Oklahoma in the 80s, which was the bottom of the oil bust. Oh, okay. And when we moved in, there were 200,000 homes standing empty in Oklahoma City. And um, the uh, utilities company didn't want a check for your utility bill because they were worried that even if your check was good, the bank might not be there by the time they got it there. We had 32 banks fail. Wow. In the 16 months we were there. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, it was a really, really crazy place. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit more about your faith journey and how you ended up at Faith Covenant, but also just kind of your faith journey throughout your life. Well, I was I was raised in the Lutheran Church mm-hmm. and uh, uh, was confirmed, confirmed there. And um, from there, just kind of fell away a little bit when I was in college. Mm-hmm. And then I met my wife, and she um, was raised in the Catholic Roman Catholic Church, and she was an agnostic mm-hmm. at that point. Um, and we would talk, and I would say to her, "You know, we're really not that far apart." <laughs> and she would laugh. So all this was worked kind of okay until. We had our first son, mm-hmm. and she looked at me one day and she said, do you want your son to be baptized? Mm-hmm. And I said, yes, I do. And she said, that's fine, but it's on you. <laughs> All right, so challenge accepted. Sure. All right, so I went and I found a church. I started attending the church, and I had my son baptized, and we then moved from there to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And we were looking for a Lutheran church in Oklahoma. And you know, there really aren't very many Lutheran churches <laughs> in Oklahoma, near Oklahoma City anyway. 
and we managed to find a church plant that was just starting out. We were meeting at a daycare center. Okay. There were 12 families. That sounds very much like the church I grew up in. Like I was actually baptized in a daycare center while they were waiting to build the building. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so there were 12 families. So if you weren't there, you you were missed. Yeah, they knew. And, <laughs> and uh, we were there for about 16 months. And just as we were leaving, they bought their first piece of land to build their church. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of interesting. And it had grown to about 25 families by oh. that time. And so then we came here. And we were going to the, we were going to St. James Lutheran in Savage. Okay. When we came here, and we got there because our mailman said, you know, where do you go to church? And I yeah. said, well, we, I go to Lutheran Church, and and uh, he said, well, that I, I deliver mail to this Lutheran Church in Savage, and they're really nice people, so you should go there and check <laughs> it out. So we went there and checked it out. We started. So he didn't even go there. He didn't. He didn't go there. Oh no, wow. he, he was a Roman Catholic. <laughs> so. So we, so we went and we checked it out and we ended up going there. And that's when Robin started attending church with me. Robin is his wife. Robin is my wife. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, with, with our oldest, Rick, because David was um, just born when we got here. He was a newborn. So um, we would go there and attend church. And she started, she, the one day she made a comment to me, she said, you know, our lives go a lot better when we when we both go to church, mm. and that was her first observation. Yeah, and so we were here for seven years, and we did that, and then we moved to Pittsburgh, and we went to Lutheran Church in Pittsburgh, and that's um, when she uh, gave her life to Christ and decided that she was a Christian and wanted to go to church. Mm -hmm. And so we were there and then we moved back here after five years and we were church shopping Mm -hmm. here. We weren't real happy with St. James when we went back there. It had changed a lot. And so we were church shopping. In the meantime, our kids, uh, through their friends, were coming to youth group here. Here at Faith Covenant. At Faith Covenant. Okay. Yeah. And, um, I think Rob Jacobson might have been the youth leader then. Okay. And uh, so they were coming here, and Rick actually went on a mission trip to Haiti with the youth group here. Mm-hmm. And we had a lot of friends who were coming here, so we started we started coming here. And we came here for a few years off and on through some of the more turbulent times. Mm-hmm. And then um, when Paul Murphy came here, we started coming full-time and and joined the church here. Awesome. And that's how we got here. So kind of a circuitous route. It's a long, <laughs> circuitous story to, yeah. you know, to, well, to go through. That's what a lot of our lives are. Yeah. It's just really long, long stories. So, Well, tell us, too, a little bit about your work experiences, because I know you've done a whole variety of things before you landed here at Faith Covenant. Yeah. Um, well, I started out um, working in the food business um, uh, and had several uh, corporate jobs with, you know, Fortune 500 food companies, Pillsbury, H.J. Mm-hmm. Hines, um, and Cargill. Did you ever meet the Pillsbury Doughboy? I, I dressed as the Pillsbury Doughboy a couple times. <laughs> I wore the Pillsbury costume 
Pillsbury Doughboy costume a couple times. I never knew that was a thing. It is knew, a thing. I just always thought it, it was a little thing. animated thing on the commercial. <laughs> no, as a it was inflate. It was an inflatable. Oh, really? Okay, so it had a fan that puffed it all out. As a matter of fact, by in Burns School here in Burnsville, they had a, car a carnival every year. The PTA had a carnival every year. And I got the Pillsbury Doughboy costume one year and wore it to the carnival, the That's school great. carnival. Can you do a good like, woohoo? Can you do that noise? I can't do that, okay. though. <laughs> Shoot. We'll work on that. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, yeah, I did that and then uh, did a lot of interesting things for uh, Pillsbury Hines and Cargill. My uh, career crossed over a lot between uh, sales and marketing and IT my entire career. Mm -hmm. um, so then um, over the years, there are several times when I would go to my wife and say, you know, I really like my own business. Hon. And she would say, look, you know, your kids are growing up. We need security, blah, 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 blah. And then finally I went to her and I said, you know, I really like my own business. She says, you know, you've been a great father and a great husband. And your kids are going off to college and it's your turn. If you want your own business, go do it. Mm -hmm. So I uh, bought a collision repair shop and I ran a collision repair shop for 13 years. Mm -hmm. And it was a very eye-opening experience because one of the things that I assumed going into the collision repair shop, that the hardest thing was going to be fixing the cars. Mm -hmm. Not true. Not true. <laughs> the hardest thing is managing the people. Yes. And when we first bought it, I thought we were going to have to open up a chapter of Alcoholics Anonymous, right, just for the shop. Because it was wow. like, who's not going to be here today yeah. because they were arrested over the weekend and wow. thrown in jail. Wow. <laughs> so uh, we worked through those problems a little bit at a time and got through that. And we, we did well for 13 years and then we closed it. And... Um, I was close to retirement, so I thought I would just do handyman work. Mm -hmm. And I did some of that. And then we did the big remodel here, mm -hmm. and we were ready to move into the worship center. And uh, Jen called me and said, yeah, we have work that needs to be done and no one to do it. Can you help us out? And I said, well, I'll come in and look at your list. And I helped him out. And then from there, it progressed on to uh, several steps to a part-time facilities manager job and then a full-time facilities manager <laughs> job. And then when Jen left, I took her director of operations position. All right. And so as director of operations, not a lot of us know what that even entails. I, I, I know some of it, but even I don't know all of it. And so I know a lot of our congregation, I'm sure, is wondering, what exactly does the director of operations do? Well, the there are a lot of pieces and parts to the job. Yes. <laughs> um, and so basically, um, Sherry, or Terry, Sherry, Terry and <laughs> Shelly, uh, Terry Langmack and Shelly Brinkman, and Jim Langmack and Sally Freeman, um, and I are a team, and we do administrative support for um, adult ministries, children ministries, youth ministries, family ministries. And then we also do um, the financials, the mm -hmm. weekly financials for the church. Um, we schedule a ton of volunteers. Yes. Um, the, we schedule the um, ushers, the greeters, 
coffee shop workers, chore core schedules themselves, mm -hmm. um, information desk folks, just a ton. As a matter of fact, Sunday we're having a volunteer dinner. Mm -hmm. We have 165 volunteers wow. that are going to take 165 dinner. volunteers. Yes. And a lot, I know a lot of the volunteers volunteer in multiple capacities. Yes, in, mul in multiple capacities, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So we do a lot through volunteers. Um, our church is cleaned primarily by volunteers. Mm -hmm. Our lawn is mowed primarily by volunteers. Um, you know, the people that greet you at the door in the morning, on Sunday mornings are volunteers. The people that are serving your coffee in the coffee shop are volunteers. Yeah. And so we, we run a lot on volunteers and those are just the volunteers we scary we, mm -hmm. we, we schedule yeah because you know Shar schedules the deacons who are all volunteers yep Khan schedules the worship team or the worship band which is all volunteers yep and so um, there's just a and, and Sarah and Shelly you know schedule the teachers for our Christian education group which yep. are all volunteers for our so, kids and our youth and stuff yep yeah so it it takes a lot of volunteers to make this whole thing work and mm -hmm. Uh, coming back from COVID, we we are in need of a lot of volunteers right Absolutely. now. Absolutely, yeah. So even though we have 165 volunteers, we're always still looking for more. That's correct. Um, in part, so that we're not always using the same 165 volunteers, so that we can kind of give people a little bit of a break too, so that they can, you know, not just be in the coffee shop, but also spend some Sundays in worship as well and that sort of thing. Many hands make light work. Yes, it does. That is mm -hmm. very true. So. And also, if you have machines that can do your work, that's yes. great too. But <laughs> machines can't greet you at the door quite yet. So Rick's so, working on that. So. Yeah. And then um, I also have responsibility for the facility mm -hmm. and uh, managing the, some of the contractors that we use for our facility and uh, um, looking at the, the IT infrastructure mm -hmm. as well as the heating and ventilating infrastructure, which is... Uh, a huge responsibility here it is <laughs> and um, and uh, just you know make take care of all the lawn equipment and <laughs> you know the facilities piece is, is huge and, yeah and we bring in some uh, part-time casual labor to help with that a little bit until mm -hmm. till we find somebody which we're looking for now yeah part-time person to do that because too it's not just us as a church that use this facility. We have other groups that come in and use mm -hmm. the facilities. We have weddings, we have funerals, we have the mom's program, we have Bible study fellowship. We, and we schedule all that. Yep. <laughs> and there's a lot of things that could overlap that don't because you guys are on top of that. So mm -hmm. so that's a little bit of what Rick, did, Rick does. Um, one thing he didn't mention is that his office is next to mine, so he's partly in charge of making sure that I don't get too noisy <laughs> and cause too many problems. Somehow I've developed the reputation of being the troublemaker on staff, but I can't yet get them to define what trouble I have caused. So I'm, but Rick's apparently keeping me but a little we're, bit. You're on double secret probation. Okay. Okay, sure. I don't know what for. I have yet to swear in the podcast, That's so I don't know what trouble I'm making. <laughs> so um, what's one of your favorite parts about working here other than having an office next to me? Um, well, it's nice to work with the staff that's here. We have mm -hmm. an excellent staff. We do. And, and I'm not saying that just because I'm on it. No. Um, 
really we we have an excellent staff that genuinely likes each other yeah um, as well as works mm -hmm. with each other so um, that's something you don't see all the time and it's also a very collegial management style here mm -hmm. it's not the fortune 500 <laughs> cor corporate management Top style down. that's uh, very hierarchical yeah and, uh, um, it's not a place where the leadership's be, distant and doesn't actually yes, know what's going on on the correct. ground level and it's you know it can sometimes be uh, kind of harsh as well so um, the fortune so, 500 companies yes, mean <laughs> yes not here so I, I so I enjoy that a lot mm -hmm. um, uh, and and people here are given a lot of latitude to work within their own sphere of influence mm -hmm. and develop their own ministry and uh, and things like that so yeah. um, it's it's great to see and it's great to see people grow especially when we have such a young staff because I am the oldest person on staff <laughs> I thought you were like the youngest <laughs> <laughs> I like to suck up so <laughs> We're only so, what, 24, 25? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's all great. And um, you know, speaking of the church, a few days ago you and I were having a conversation that I thought would make for a really good conversation to have here with all of you on the podcast. Um, you were kind of talking about how we often talk about faith covenant as the church. We know that the church is a thing as a whole, but you're kind of talking about how we should really take ownership of Faith Covenant as our church and say it's my church, it's our church, we belong here. Tell me a little bit more about what, what some of your thoughts are on that. Well, you know, in, in our society right now, there are several segments of society to where, where pronouns are becoming increasingly important, mm -hmm. all right? And I think that's part of maybe what uh, started my thought process on all this. And and I would really like to strike the church from <laughs> our vocabulary, because I mean the question the question that that brings to my mind every time I hear it was whose church is it anyway? Mm, yeah. Okay, whose church is it? Well, I mean it's ultimately it's God's church. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so. Um, but as members of God's church, mm -hmm. uh, um, in our little segment of faith covenant, we have a, 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 a responsibility. Yeah. All right. To make disciples of, of and who make disciples and move the kingdom of God forward. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we refer to things as the church, that abdicates ownership. Mm. And so it's my church. Mm -hmm. your church yeah our church in partnership with God yep okay and I think when you use those terms you uh, start to develop a feeling of ownership for your church mm -hmm. and that in my mind changes your thought process a little bit because if you are an owner you are more tend to be more invested and I think that you know we as a congregation as a whole um, have an opportunity to be a lot more invested in our church yeah. from the a position of volunteering, from a position of giving, and all those things. And I think that 
changing our uh, lexicon to uh, to say those to, to say to speak in those terms mm -hmm. um, just begins to uh, settle in all of our minds as, as to whose church it is. Right. Well, as you were talking, I just kind of started thinking when we talk about our families, we don't say, oh, I'm going to go hang out with the family. The family, right. You might say that, but you, you're going to say, I'm going to go spend time with my family. Mm -hmm. My family's going to do this or my family did that. Right. Um, we need to be using very similar language with the church. Um, you talked about the sense of ownership um, in the church. What do you mean by ownership? Because ultimately, like you said, it's God's church. So what does it mean for us to have ownership within that? Well, um, it's God's church and the church is the people, not the building. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay? And so when we say it's our church, it's our group of people who are in concert with God mm -hmm. and and worshiping God, um, who are the builders, you know, kind of be in the hands and feet of God mm -hmm. to build the kingdom. Yeah. And I, I, I really like that distinction, too. Do you think there's a place for saying the church when referring to the church globally? As a, I mean, and I, I would agree that yeah. like, that's still my church on a global sense, but there is also on some level the church as a whole. Where do you think that line lies? If there is a line, <laughs> um, well, you know, I mean, there there is a global there is a global thing there, um, a global position there, and I think that uh, maybe if you're talking about um, the entire Christian religion, mm -hmm. you could talk about the church, yeah, all right. Um, but I think as we talk about, um, I'll call it a segment. Our segment of it, mm -hmm. uh, our segment of it. I think that's where, you know, we need to be, maybe more invested. Yeah, and I, you know, because I can't really do much with the church, right, on on a global scale. Yep. All right, but with Faith Covenant Church, I can take some some ownership. Yeah, and I can make things happen, make things better, bring people along, help educate people, help mm -hmm. do outreach, yeah. help volunteer, all those things. When I think too of when you're talking to people out in the world, like it's a very different thing to say, want to come to my, my church. church. Why, why don't you come to our church and see what that see what that's like? Mm -hmm. um, that's that feels so much more personal than just saying, oh, why don't you come to a church? Or come to church church with me. Right. Come to my church. Yeah, yeah, because I belong here. I have a place in God's people here. Um, so what do you think changes when people start identifying, you know, identifying using language like my church, this is my church? What do you think the changes I, that happen? I, I think the first change is, as you just said, people start to feel more like they have a place here. Mm -hmm. That this is their place. Yeah. Okay. And when you're in your place or their place, you start to want to um, 
contribute. Yeah. And uh, and 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 be part of the body. Yeah. And being part of the body is something I've looked at a lot recently, just in some of the readings that I've done. Um, because there's a lot of scripture that talks about how we all have different gifts and abilities and places in life. And no matter where you are in life, you have something to contribute. And I'm sure that in all of your years and spending time in church, you've contributed in a lot of different ways, just depending on where you were financially, where you were in terms with your Mm -hmm. kids growing up and that sort of thing and different abilities to volunteer like you know now you're an empty nester and so mm-hmm. that changes how much time you have available and mm-hmm. and that sort of thing so i i just think it's yeah it's just really interesting to remember that god gives the church a lot of people because a lot of people can do very very different things you don't know no one person has to do it all because when we all say it's mm-hmm. my church well i don't know how to run the facilities i don't know how to fix the boiler but rick does <laughs> And Rick may not know how to set up the podcasting equipment, but I do. Um, And so, I mean, you know, we work together on that. And that's what accomplishes so much. Like, the sum is so much greater than our parts when we work together with God. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. So what do you think changes for the church when we use this kind of language of like, oh, this is my church? How does that change Faith covenant. I think it changes faith covenant a lot. I think it. I I think that when it's your church, um, and you feel you have a place, I think it's easier to make to talk to other people about maybe them having a place here as well. Mm, yeah. Um, I and I think that helps the church grow. I mean, yeah, you know, we talk about the one. Okay. The one person. Mm-hmm. Churches grow basically one person at a time. Yep. Okay? And we always talk about the one. And the one's important. Mm-hmm. And so if you are invested in your church and you have ownership of your church, it, I think that then trips something in your mind that says it's easier for you to talk, to look at the one and talk to the one. Mm-hmm maybe person that you can bring yeah. to church. And I, I love that focus on it because that's a really strong discipleship focus too because it's a lot about that with others piece. When I'm saying it's my church, it helps me walk with others in the sense that, you know, together you and I can both say my church or mm-hmm. our church. Right. This is something that binds us together in friendship and in our work. Um, but it's also something about walking with God because you know it's God's church mm-hmm. so if it's my church it's my God mm-hmm. you know that's a very close relationship too and it's a place where we can walk with God's word with each other um, and so yeah I mean it's just I think it, the more ever since our conversation last <laughs> week I've just been thinking about that more just that idea of like identifying it as like my church and I've I've I think I've always unconsciously done that at the different churches that I've attended, um, but I've never realized how much ownership that gives me. Because, you know, there was a church that I attended for a little while elsewhere that I didn't get to feel that close to people. I didn't really call it my church. I kind of call it the church I'm going to right now, <laughs> which is yeah. very 
cumbersome phrase. <laughs> um, but when I came here, that's when I was able to start being like, oh, this is my church. And that's when I started feeling really invested and started giving more of my time and giving more of my finances. And that was, I experienced so much more growth as a result of that. When I really identified this as my place to put roots down, mm -hmm. um, that was a big change for me. So speaking of roots, how many years have you, or when, when did you start coming to Faith Covenant? Well, the first few times we came, Ross was still pastor. Okay, Ross Foley. Okay. Mm -hmm. How long ago was that? Oh, I don't man, remember. It's, it was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. It's a long time ago. Yeah. But we really started attending um, a little after that when, when uh, Paul Murphy was here. So probably 14, 15 years maybe. Okay. Long enough to have seen some things here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah. Well, I'm very grateful that you're here, um, both, you know, as a member of the congregation, but also as a member of staff. Mm -hmm. And so I hope this has been a really great opportunity for you to hear more of what's on Rick's heart and get to know yeah. Rick a little bit better. And I, yeah, I just, I really am glad to be on the staff and working with you. Is there anything else well, that you just want to share? I'm, I'm glad to be on the staff <laughs> and working with you as well. Yeah. Despite the fact that you're the biggest troublemaker on the staff. But I, you still need to identify what trouble I'm making. Nobody's given me any specificity on what this is. What's this alleged trouble? Um, is there anything else that you want to say to, to the um, church while you have just, a platform for a moment? Just, you know, we'd love to see you. We'd love to have you attend. We'd love to interact with you. Um, and I'm speaking for the entire staff at this time. Mm -hmm. um, I don't normally let him do that, but he, he can speak for me on that. <laughs> and, um, you know, we hope to see you soon and often. And we hope that you'll take to heart some of the things you heard today and uh, become more invested in your church mm -hmm. and invested in your, in, in your faith and... Uh, bless all of you. And when are we going to see you preach? Never. <laughs> never say never. Those things happen. Well, yeah, I just want to say thank you all for joining us today. If you ever see Rick, stop and say hi if you've never talked to him. Also ask to see his uh, phone case stickers because his granddaughter <laughs> makes him put stickers on his phone. But I think they're really just for him. But thank you so much for watching or listening. And I hope you come join us again. Thank you.